Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts this week. We watch Tag, directed by Jeff Tomsick and released in 2018. The plot of Tag goes something like this. A group of adult men play an elaborate annual game of Tag that has been running for more than 30 years. Um, And as we usually do, we will do a quick spoiler-free section uh, where we tell you if we think you should see this movie. So Katie, should people see Tag? I mean, if you want to. Um, It's not something that I'm like, everybody should rush out and see this movie immediately. But like, if you have your relatives visiting for a weekend and you want to find a movie that is inoffensive and everybody will enjoy, this is a good one. I mean, they do say fuck a lot. But, That's but it's true, largely inoffensive. To be fair, if, my if aunt, you have relatives who are bothered by the word fuck, but yes. My aunt also says fuck a lot, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, your, it worked out okay. Your aunt is awesome. Um, yeah, so I, I'm kind of the same. Like, it was funny while it lasted and it was fine. Um, I, yeah, it's no, it's not like game night where I'll kind of, now that it's on Netflix, probably watch it again. Um, but yeah, I, I love that movie. But yeah, it was good fun. It's another one of those fairly broad comedies of which there have been a few in the last couple of years which kind of honestly the kind of what people need right now is some comedies to kind of take them out of how horrible the world is for a couple of hours so I guess that's a good thing so yeah I mean if you're on the in the market for a comedy um it's it's a pretty good one yeah I would I mean yeah it's it's enjoyable and funny and and something that like people can it's just easy to watch yeah and the actors (laughs) try really hard like um Jeremy Renner uh, is clearly trying his absolute hardest to make a fool of himself. Like, he's clearly enjoying mm. and really trying yeah, that. Yeah, he's having and, the time of his life in this movie. Yeah, and, and John Hamm is, is pretty much only does comedies now. Um, well, he is a ham. So. He is such a ham. And then, obviously, like, you know, Jake Johnson's always reliable and Hannibal Buress is always reliable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, was, I had literally had a moment then when I was like, who was the lead in this again? Oh, uh, the guy from the Ed office, Helms. Ed Helms, the one we ne- the, whose name we never remember. Right, because I always think like I I get him and Jason Sudeikis mixed up, and I I forget both of their names. Mm. Um, there is, however, a fantastic picture of a young Ed Helms in this movie that like is practically a cameo in its own right. It, it appears twice. I think you missed mm. it the first. Time. I must have missed the first. Yeah. Time. in his Dead Poet Society T-shirt. Yeah, with his like his blonde like bowl haircut. Oh, it's, it's amazing, mm. and he he looks. It, he looks about probably 16, 17. Yeah, yeah. Like, he looks like he does now, but like a teen version yeah, yeah. of that. And it is such a good photo. I love it. Um, yeah. But yeah, we should get into spoilers. That's not really a spoiler, yes. but <laughs> we yeah, should yeah. get into spoilers now. Not that this is a movie that you can really spoil. There's one twist in it. One. And the rest of the movie is just kind of like, yes, I saw that coming. Yeah. So, all right. Spoiler time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where was that? Yeah, that photo though. That was just gorgeous. And I know, I uh, like, it. obviously, Ed Helms like, went to his parents' house and dug through the basement and did whatever he had to do to find that. And thank God he did. Yeah, because it there's something about that those sorts of details that really sell a movie. Like, it mm. really looks like he grew up in this house because they have this young photo of him there. Yeah. Um, but it also means that it completely negates flashbacks that they film where another actor plays him at that age and looks like a totally di- is, is a totally different person. Mm. But anyway, because there are there are flashbacks to when they're younger yeah, yeah. and they're played like teenagers. There's also like, I swear, five different sets of kids playing them as younger versions. Like they do these flashbacks where they're like, and this person was jealous of this person. I'm like, how can you tell who that's supposed to be? And it's only because they say their names that you know who it is. Yeah. 
there's but when you do flashbacks to the five of them as children mm. you're like there's only one of these people that I can pick who it's supposed to be, and that's because he's the only black one. Yeah. The yep. four white ones, the four white little boys, you're like, all I, look alike. I cannot tell. No. Not, but they don't look, it's not that they look alike, it's that they don't look anything like the adults. Mm, mm. Like, yeah. It's not like there's any distinguishing features of the adults that you can see in the children. No, the one where they flash back to kissing on the swings as, like, nine-year-olds, it took me a while, but I finally worked out the one playing little John Ham had blue eyes, and then the one with the slightly longer hair was playing little Jake Johnson. Does John Ham have blue eyes? It's not something I've ever noticed. Well, I no, I spotted that he had blue eyes, and then I went, which one of the two the, of these boys that's not married has brown has blue eyes? And then it was John Ham. I looked, at, I figured it out by later on looking at John Ham and realizing he had blue eyes. Right. So yeah, you have to retrofit it in. Yeah. Because at well, that point I couldn't remember who was Chili and who was whatever. I could remember that because I – It was, chi- was Chili and Callahan. Yeah, they yeah. call him Callahan, but his first name is Bob. They make fun yeah, of it yeah. at one point. And I'm like, yeah. yes, they should make fun of the fact that John Hamm is playing a character called Bob because yeah. I've never seen anybody in my life who looks less like a Bob. I've never seen anyone in my life who's under the age of 65 who's called Bob. Well, let's point out that they're also there's Bob and Cheryl, who's played by Rashida Jones. Who Cheryl. Is, yeah, Cheryl. Um, and um, even Isla Fisher's character's called, like, Debbie or something. No, no she's it's called Anna. Amber. Anna. Anna? Um, no, somebody else is called Debbie or Deb or something that sounded wrong. Yeah, yeah. The fact, the idea that a, that a group of guys who are in their 40s now, early 40s, would be called Lou and Jerry and Bob. Apparently, is, uh, Chili's real name is Randy. Randy. That's a terrible name, but, like, I don't I – don't, that doesn't – that just – the name Randy just – marks you out as American. It doesn't mark you out as a particular generation. Not in the way Bob Randy does. Randy Giles. Sorry. That's a Randy. <laughs> Why not call me desperate for a shag, Giles? Um, right, exactly. Anyway. It's very American. Uh, I, yeah, Sable is apparently Hannibal Barres's oh, character's in his, his first name. Is, his character's first name is Kevin. Also a name not seen on any man under the age of 65. That is untrue. Kevin Alushala is in Pentatonics. Right, okay, fine. And he's like 20-something. Mm. I mean, but Hogan and like, but Bob especially, like who? Bob, who's called Bob? Who's that? Nobody's age. called Bob. Yeah. And then when you see the footage of the real guys at the end, they are a little bit older than this. They group. are older, um, and they're also um, they look nothing like. I also, this group. but I kind of have respect for these dudes who are clearly like now in their fifties slash sixties because they seem to be actually in the real group. It's not like they went to school together. Like they've, mm. they're a range of ages, and they like clearly they've brought in new people over the years. Um, I've kind of got a bit of respect for these dudes who are clearly like late 50s, early 60s, chasing each other through airports and stuff like that Look, on the, golf carts. Yes. I kind of like that. The golf carts was amazing, but it came after the most amazing reveal of the whole movie, which is that the guy dressed up like the grandmother in real life. Yes. That was based on a real life Oh, one. yes. I forgot about that. That was, was amazing. amazing. Like, and they all, the costume was almost spot on to what Ed Helms wore in the movie. It was amazing. Yeah, it was it because that looks so much like a movie, thing. right? Exactly, and the and the golf carts does as well, and obviously the golf carts was like you know exaggerated, pumped up for the movie, and so was the grandma stuff. But the fact that they were all, all sort of rooted in the truth was that was the best bit about the real life footage stuff at the end. Yeah, I would have personally liked the beginning to be longer. Um, sometimes these movies had a problem with the beginning being too long, mm. but this movie could have done with them playing tag with each other for a bit longer to show us the mechanics of the game for yeah. a bit longer before they went after Jerry. Yeah, it, it gets too high stakes. Like the, the the sort of the low stakes local version of Tag would have been funnier for, for longer. Because yeah. like 
even the first bit we see is Ed Helms, who's like clearly a vet and um, you know professionally qualified man applying for a job as a janitor just so he can get into um, into John Hamm's company, right? Mm. Which is great, but it is quite a high stakes like version of the game. But it would have been good to see like like maybe um, it would have been good to see like each of them do something like that though, like the silly. Yeah pranks that they do to each other yeah because we never really see chili get that into it or sable get that into mm. it at the beginning i think it would have been nice to see them be involved a bit more at the because say yeah because they all work as a team never really that involved mm. like he's always a bit like oh i have to do this again but just wants to hang out with his friends kind yeah of a thing. and and um, and make amazing jokes yeah um yeah and then like they all kind of at that point they kind of just they're working together it's all about getting jeremy Renner's name i've forgotten character's name I've forgotten um which is fine but yeah it would have been kind of fun to see because clearly that's the fun part of this game I actually really I meant to read the article in the Wall Street Journal but I completely forgot and blanked on it um but I, th- I would be genuinely interested to hear some of their stories I'm okay I'm pretty sure there's an Asian guy in the original group play who played tag of course um and they've just like eliminated him yeah but there's no black guy in the original group and they so yeah and they've added him in yeah um, I mean, it's only based on those guys, but still, it would have been nice because you don't often get to see Asian men in these movies. Mm. Plus, you've and got- certainly not Asian men having fun and being silly and behaving like in that sort of way. Like Asian men on film often have to conform to a very strict set of yeah. uh, stereotypes. Like you know, they're either the taxi driver or the doctor. In fact, there is an Asian man in this playing the doctor. Yeah, exactly. And they often yes. have to, and they all always he's really always cute too. I can't remember yeah. what his name is, but he's he, really yeah. He just salt and pepper in his hair. Really he's cute. he's quite cute. But but like also, that's a very it's very like narrow definitions of what Asian men should be. And and seeing an Asian man have fun with his friends and being silly, I think is a, it would be quite a good thing to do. But also, I mean, you have Randall Park, who yeah. is like in this group of like this is his friends with these guys. Is known for like being silly and funny and all that kind of thing. And roughly the right age to be in this group. He would have been hilarious in this movie. In fact, it would have been really fun to see him in maybe the like Jake Johnson role or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he he would be really fun in this movie. Um, who, uh, yeah, age clearly doesn't matter to this movie. No, there's a full decade between the oldest and more. youngest. There's uh, more than a oh decade. yeah, more than a decade, it's like twelve, 12 years. years between the oldest and. To be fair though, I didn't know how He's, old yeah, Hannibal Randall- Buress was. And he looks middle like he's styled to look middle aged in this. Randall Park was born in 1974, so he's he would be right in the right age great right group the, for them. Like yeah, Hannibal Buress. Because to me, Hannibal Buress seems really young. Um, I was already it, kind of he, put he off. does in other things. Like when I looked at pictures of him in other th- roles, I totally got that. But in this role, he was aged up, and I think they did he quite was, a good job but of it's it. It's just the way that he is. I th- I don't know. I mean, he also looks young to me, but like his jokes are different mm-hmm. to the jokes that the older group of comedians are yeah, telling. Yeah. Like it's just a different kind of mm. um sensibility that he's in, that yeah. he sits in that that I think and I found it very funny, but it, it's also like he just doesn't seem to fit the same way. No. You know? No. Like Ed Helms and, and um and John Hamm seem like they come from the same generation. Mm. But even Jake Johnson seems too young. He's not even that much younger, but he he, he, he does he Jake, Jake Johnson feels like he comes from our generation, which is where Hannibal Buress is from. Yeah. He's the same age as you. And um then the other three seem like they yeah, belong Renner. to the same yeah. yeah, and you're right, Randall Park kind of would belong with that group. Yes, he would. And he I think that I feel like he would be a better fit for that group 
than some of the other people that are in this movie. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like he would be a better fit for that group than Jake Johnson, who is funny in this movie, but just seems too young. Mm. Um, I And that, it really did affect me in the movie, especially when you're watching John Hamm and Jake Johnson fight over the same girl mm. who they both knew in primary school, who is Rashida Jones. And you're yeah. like, but no, there's no way. And the women are all close in age to the men too. Like Rashida Jones um, and Leslie Bibb and Isla Fisher are all this, roughly the same age as the men that they're paired up with. Yeah, exactly. It just so, it just seems to – they all seem to fit a lot better than than Jake Johnson and Hannibal Buress do in this. It, it felt a lot like watching Girls Trip for me where I'm sitting there the whole time going, but Tiffany but Haddish no way. is so much younger yeah, than you there's guys. no way Tiffany Haddish and Jada Pinkett Smith went to college together. Just, no, there's no way. No way. And I, I mean, like, Jada Pinkett Smith, Regina Hall, and Queen Latifah, absolutely. Mm. Like, they're all, what, within a five-year age range? Something so like that. Completely. And then Tiffany Haddish is, again, another 80s baby. Mm. Yeah, it, it just, it, it frustrates me. Because I, when you are trying to get me to buy that they're all exactly the same age, like, literally from the same school year, that yeah. is, you, you have to try harder. Yeah, yeah. It's not like there's no black comedians from that age range either. Like, no. try harder. No. I know Hannibal Buress is great, and he is my favorite part of this movie. I can completely understand why you would want him in this movie. But also, he was the um, stepfather in Blockers, mm. and he's um, younger than June Diane Raphael is. She's yeah. like... She was one of the mothers. Like, yes, yeah, so yeah. she'd be in her 40s yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, since he's a stepfather, I was like, oh, she just married somebody younger. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's not an issue as much. Um, but it seems like they're really trying to put him into that crowd. Yeah. You know? Even like, he's considerably younger than that. Yeah, and and he's more like in the broad city, which he's in. Yeah, yeah. But is... that seems more to fit him more for me. Mm. Um, but, God, he just, he made me laugh so hard with the actual, like the actual jokes, not mm. the physical humor and all that stuff, but the the jokes that he told mm. were so funny to me especially the miscarriage of justice line which made me cry mm. with laughter well because that oh god that miscarriage bit is so awkward like it's such a hard one to handle because like to me people who fake mis- fake pregnancies are up there with people who fake cancer like i would like string them up i just don't have absolutely no time for it and so like the whole miscarriage joke i was like i i found kind of like it was a really hard one. Like, but I for, think you're supposed to. Yeah. Like, I but think it's worked. supposed to show that she is. But it also makes me think that the other guy's capable of faking cancer for a bit. and yeah. Which you're supposed to. Which, and you're supposed to. Like, they're the, possibly the two worst things people could do. Yeah. And, like, I just, I can't, I, I, I found it really hard to cope with. Yeah. Like, watching it. And so, it kind of took away from my enjoyment of it because I was like, this is horrible. Yes. Which I think, but I, really, I I found it difficult. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're a hundred percent, a hundred percent supposed to. Like, I think you're supposed to see her because it seems in the movie like she's kind of being um, screwed over a bit by Jeremy Renner's character, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I think you're supposed to see her as even more competitive and extreme than he is. Yeah. Like, and so that they're so they're a good match because he's so crazy with his um, competitiveness. Yeah. So I'm I think not. you're, su- and everybody is really mad at her. Yeah. Like I think you're supposed to be mad at her because the main characters are. Yeah. I it's just I kind of had it took me out of the movie. Like they're so horrible. I can't deal with these people. But that's the thing is that they're they're not nice. For yeah. Most of them. It's like they horrible. aren't nice the, most of the time. John Hamm is a pain in the ass. My God, he's so annoying in this movie. Like it was 
I mean, it was frequently funny. Yeah, yeah. But, like, he was so egotistical and obnoxious and annoying to mm-hmm. me um, that only the fact that he is John Hamm kind of made it bearable. Some of the funniest bits actually were um, Jeremy Renner's internal monologue when the others yeah. are trying to get him. Yeah. Like, he knows all of their weaknesses and it's yeah. really funny. Yeah, and there's I, I actually really liked a couple of things um, in terms of their through lines as characters and the character yeah. developments and arcs. One of them is that Jeremy Renner... Um, he gets so into the game because he feel partly because he feels like the other guys don't like him as much. Mm. Um, but they don't see him as much because he's so into the game that he like is trying to run away from them all the time. Mm. So like it kind of is this self-fulfilling prophecy and that actually resolves itself at the end of the movie. He actually mm. like lets himself be vulnerable and yeah. then they all get closer again. Right. That's a really nice and very subtle arc. Yeah, it's a good. It's good actually. I like um, that. And the thing is, the end of the movie kind of says this competitiveness that they like this extreme competitiveness that they've gotten into is not good. Mm. Um, it is good to like enjoy yourselves like kids and play, but like don't do what um, Jeremy mm. Renner and Leslie Bibb did and go too extreme because you lose yeah. that friendship. Right. So it's really like it. All of that stuff feeds into like it's actually has a point in the movie. Mm. And you aren't supposed to like them for it and you are supposed to say that they're awful for doing this. Yeah. And the fact that they think that Ed Helms is faking the cancer for a while shows how awful it has gotten. Yeah, yeah. Like and how extreme it has gotten. So I think that worked really well. And when Ed Helms said he had cancer, at first I had this moment where I was like, where, where, where I was like, oh, maybe it is a setup. And then I was like, no, this makes total sense for his character arc through this movie because there's so many times through this movie that you see how desperate he is mm. and that you see that this is, like, more extreme for him than the others. Than the others, and, and, yeah. And he's yeah. more into it than the others and they're a bit put out by it because usually he isn't. Yeah. So, like, even though this is the first time we've seen it, mm. when you go back and think about it, you're like, oh, all of this makes sense now, which I think was really good. Like, yeah. there's a lot of um, – it's a lot more subtle than it could have been. mm, mm. Which I appreciated. And the character arcs actually matter. Yeah. Um, which is nice. Yeah. I also like what it has to say about like maintaining friendships into adulthood, especially mm. through your 30s and 40s, where it's really, really hard to do, right? It's mm. really hard to maintain lifelong friendships because you get so busy and every, and people like have kids and other people don't and that separates you and you don't kind of – there's a whole – like life just gets in the way of being around your friends. And the fact that they are still even now – and even more amazing, these guys in their 50s and 60s doing it, um, they're still making time. One month every year is some is they devote to taking care of their adult friendships. It's really lovely. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's really nice. And they, um, I like that they don't get into a lot of toxic masculinity things in this movie and they tell each other they love each other often. And mm. even the competitiveness over the girl doesn't turn into – like, it's still a little annoying, but it doesn't turn into, like, a super gross love triangle sort of thing, mm. um, which is nice. Well, yeah, it, it's – um the, the the masculinity on display is, is not, like it, – it, it's definitely, like, softer. Yeah. And I – this was the first time ever where I remembered the gossip you hear about Jeremy Renner's sexuality and connected it to him being small and slightly effeminate. And um, I kind of, like – he really is. He's like a gymnast in this movie. He's really skinny. Like he looks really small and skinny and he moves like a gymnast and he, that's a very non-traditionally masculine way to be. You know, the, the bit where he lands up on the, um, on the walking frame and all that kind of stuff. 
And he's meant to I be love a guy that who, so much. And the thing is, he's meant to be playing a guy who owns a, a gym, right? And he's decided to own a gym and he's decided not to jack himself up like he's Thor. He has decided to be like really like skinny and athletic and gymnastic, which is kind of cool. And he's also um, teaches self-defense classes to women and a yeah, bunch yeah. of other stuff they go through in the movie um, like to he's prove a, that he's yeah. not like a horrible person because he seems like a horrible person. Right. And, he, and he's not a horrible person. He's just like competitive. Taken this competitive. He's Well, what probably started out as being like – just regular competitiveness became a thing. Mm. And when it becomes a thing, you double down and then you double down again and you've just doubled down so far, which is, again, that that whole character arc, which is just a really good, subtle arc about how it's hard to be an adult and um, that we don't all have it figured out. Yeah, his arc is like that. Yeah, the character, a couple of the character arcs are really good in this. Um, and everybody kind of has a like a point to their storyline. Mm. Like... Chili has to let go of all of his paranoia and mm. like um, there's there's sort of things that are going on with each character that make them more interesting than just another person in this group. Yeah. and, and Except for the bloody reporter who's the most – Annabelle Wallace just is boring. She is – I was like, I feel like I know this actress. Is she Swedish? Like I'm kind of trying to work out where I know this actress the from. The yeah. She was Tom Cruise's love interest in The Mummy. Oh, that's probably, I thought she was Swedish because I thought she was the other bland actress that we don't like. Rebecca, Rebecca what's her name? <laughs> yeah. She was playing a character called Rebecca in this movie. So, so that's, I, I was like, is that the Swedish girl? <laughs> I know it's not, wasn't, I think it was the same actress, but. I think she's English. Clearly, yeah, I think she is. My brain is clearly like conflated all of that in my head. Yeah, she was kind of boring. Although, um, unlike a lot of movies based on true stories, they've actually, where they, they swap a female journalist out for a male journalist, they've done the opposite here. And swapped a female journalist in for a male journalist. And it makes sense, too, because otherwise the balance would be too dude-heavy. Like, that's yeah, why they've, they've made a clear and concerted effort to include women in this yeah, movie. Yeah, like, they've really worked at that, um, which is good. Um, but also, um, yeah, I mean, they, they did that, but she's, like, they, they could make her. Like, why is she interested in this story? Mm. What is it about her? Like, if I had gotten the sense that she was competitive and that sort of stuff, then... I would have understood her better, mm. but she gives you nothing. Yeah, because well, she like, gives you nothing. Half the time, I was like, "Who is that blonde woman?" Oh, that's right, there's a reporter. Nearly every time she shows up, I'm like, "Who is that person?" Well, when they go into like pretend to waterboard Thomas Middleditch, right? That she's just sitting there. I'm like, yeah. Really? Yes, exactly. You're like. If I had gotten the sense that she had some sort of like Isla Fisher style like obsession with the competition, I would get it. But she looks so bored constantly right. by she, everything that's happening. And, also, and she's just there to interview John Hamm, who's clearly like a really like low level CEO who's he's not he's like his ego doesn't match his actual achievements. Yeah. And so like she doesn't really sell that journey. She kind of is like, right, I'm gonna go to interview this guy, let's hope he doesn't hit on me and let's get out of here. Um, yeah, and then but does she that suddenly, for the whole movie, right? But she suddenly, and then she follows him into a car. Like it, from the way it look on her face, like the impression that I get is that like she's just she's like, why would I want to? Why am I even interviewing this guy? I've got to do this stupid assignment, and then she suddenly like jumps into the whole thing. Like there's no sort of even moment to, when that yeah. change. Ha- yeah. Also, she's she has like five different outfits. Why does she have so many different outfits? She jumped into a car with him to go like. Well, clear, no, but they, they make a point that clearly they've stopped at people's houses for a bag. Well, they they make a, they also make a point that they don't do that with Chili, and yet he has a suit. So yeah, who knows? <laughs> like, um, but 
she does though wear the same outfit to the wedding that she's already been wearing. Like she doesn't have a wedding outfit, That's and she just true. wears like that white blouse and some pants that she was wearing when they were trying to waterboard Thomas Middleditch. So yeah. she actually wears like, the same clothes yeah. over a few days with them. Yeah, yeah. Thomas Middleditch is such a good name. I get distracted every time I hear it. It's a yeah, really yeah. Good name. Oh, when he has this minor, minor, minor cameo as like the gym receptionist. Yeah, um, <laughs> with a plaque. I'll tell you for two thousand dollars. It's really funny to me too. I don't know. I, I there's some things in this movie that just made me laugh really hard. Uh-huh. Um, and like the fact that he was about to be waterboarded, and then he goes, "I'll tell you for five hundred dollars more than you were already offering me." <laughs> I was like, "What?" My favorite bit of that was when um, I think it's Chili says to John Ham, "You just carrying two and a half thousand dollars on no, your person?" Thomas Middleditch says, it. Tom- "Oh, is yeah. it? You just carry that cash around?" Yeah, like it's yeah, insane. That fits so well with who he is. Yeah. Yeah, like swinging his big dick around. Exactly. With yeah. It's exactly that. It's like, look how much money I have. Mm. You know, when he follows um, Rashida Jones into the girls' toilets to oh, talk God. to her and Ooh. things like that. Like, yeah. girls, women's toilets. But I, I was thinking about he did it as At well. prom, yeah. Right. So, like, he... Yeah, he he's, all, he's all ego. about power moves. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, he's all about power moves, but he's actually not, like... He's not even the leader of their group. His actual power does not like like his ego's writing checks. His body can't cash. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, um, and his name is Bob. Um, <laughs> like it's just such a weird, it's just such a weird fit for him. Yeah, it just doesn't seem to fit him at all. <laughs> that his name is Bob. It's so unsuave. Yes. It. It. it yeah. But his his name doesn't match his like the way he dresses or the way yeah. he swagger. It just like, doesn't. Clearly, he's got some issues that he's working through. But yeah, the 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 linguistics at play in Sable's jokes, like the wordplay that he was go- mm. he was going through with all of his jokes, made me really. I didn't write a lot of them laugh. down. I kind of wish I had though. The only one I I well because I didn't take notes in the movie because it was a really busy yeah. cinema and yeah we were, were yeah I only managed to write down um the miscarriage like my first note when we came out of the movie was miscarriage, was miscarriage of, justice. of justice because I. There was another thing that he did, though, that made me laugh really hard that nobody else was laughing at. Um, and I can't remember. It's like after he walks through a door at some point, he says something. And I was like, like, I kept laughing. Well, and everybody had stopped and I couldn't stop. Like every time I thought about it, I would just laugh again. Do you know what door thing made me laugh? Is that um, when Jake Johnson's trying to escape them, he like <laughs> runs through a screen door. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then Ed Helms yeah. comes along and carefully opens and shuts the door. <laughs> yes. That made me that laugh. That made me too. laugh. I mean, this, oh my God, the property damage in yeah. this. They break so many windows. They just, when they're trying to get Jake Johnson, they run through other people's apartments mm. And just like stuff goes everywhere, even even in the hospital at the end when things have gotten better, they're still like oh, they almost run into someone who's in a wheelchair and all this kind of stuff. Like they're so inconsiderate. It's kind of amazing. It is, but I think that's part of the like playing like you're on a playground sort of idea. Yeah. Like you know, don't be so uptight about things kind of idea. I know, I know, um, I know. But like, it, it's really hard as an adult because a broken window costs a fortune to fix and you've got to deal with insurance and other kinds of boring adult crap. Yeah, but broken windows, I think that's just – a lot of the time that's just to prove that they're extreme, especially because yeah. Jeremy Renner's the one who mostly breaks windows. He's Yeah, and like jumps off the roof of yes. places. But that's well, because so he's chilly. But like you wonder then if he's tra- all his training – all that athleticism and stuff is about so he can jump from high places and stuff like that. Because Chili jumps, Chili, like, he would actually have been dead a couple of times over oh, the yeah. things that Everybody he does. Oh, yeah, everybody would have. I'm but sorry, no, but Chili especially, Chili yeah. especially, 
Like he would not have survived the fall off the stairs in his own apartment building. Mm. Um, and, Onto a car. Yeah. It, or he didn't, he didn't even hit the car. He kind of went over the top of the car and then landed. He did. He he goes like he's, he tries to land on a, a heater or an air conditioner that's attached. Yeah, that's right. And, he, and then it falls and then he falls onto the car and rolls off yeah, the yeah. car. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he would have been dead from that fall. And um, it, he's the most extreme like of the ones who would be dead because he can't actually doesn't actually know what he's doing. Whereas Jeremy Renner's character, like, yeah, he doesn't know. He but he's high, also high the whole time. Mm. So that, that he, the he whole does things movie, because the whole movie, I was like, how does someone who smokes that much have such good lung capacity? He does so much running for a man who smokes that often. He probably probably because he plays tag. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he goes running gets all the time fit for the for tag. Um, but also I think. It, it's made pretty clear that he is at a place in his life, specifically at the moment, that is causing a lot of these things. Right, and he has – well, the, the other thing is he's at a place in his life where he doesn't care yeah. about his own safety or – Yeah, exactly. And he, so he has no um, – yeah, no sense of self-preservation because right. everything has just gone to shit. Right. Um, yeah, and he has to kind of let go of that stuff a little bit. Yeah. Um, I was really – there's a couple of like cameos that I found weird. One of them was the the guy who officiates the wedding, who goes, "I met Jeremy Renner in AA," and I'm like, yeah. "You don't tell people Isn't it that, called right?" Alcoholics it's... Anonymous. Yeah, I'm like, that's a that's a weird that's a weird thing yeah. to do. That's yeah, a weird thing to say. Like his best friends didn't know he was in AA. No, and, so but... why is that guy? Who was officiating the wedding, and then they made a big deal of his like anger management issues, but it doesn't come up. So what's the point of him? Yeah, well, I mean, other than like he's made friends with people who are completely inappropriate and also over the top and can't like like too extreme. I thought it was more that he's a nice guy because he helps people who are like yeah. who have trouble, but maybe I, I thought know. that was the point of that. Like, oh, but, but also I, I, thought... I was like he he attracts other extreme weirdos to him. Oh, that could also be it. I don't know. Because, like, he, I thought it would come up because Ed Helms goes to tag him. Yeah. To tag and knocks him down. And I thought he was going to, like, get into a fight with him or something or get yeah. into a fight with somebody. But it just they just brush it off and it doesn't come back. So it is a pointless aside that isn't funny and doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird to me. The terrible psychologist at the beginning with Sable doesn't go anywhere and is also yeah. just so that there's and a I bad know, doctor. And I know that woman as well. She's a comedian as well. I, I, she's not in the credits and I can't remember her name, but she's in that Broad City crowd, among, yeah. among that Broad City crowd. Um, yeah, it, it's really weird. Like the, the whole dick metaphor just kind of goes on and isn't very good. There are these like veiled references to the fact that Sable might be gay in the movie, but it never, again, mm-hmm. that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. It just kind of fades away. Um, they just seem to think dick jokes are funny because they do the same thing with Thomas Middleditch. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, clearly they're pretending they're actual 13-year-old boys. Yes. Um, I was just remembering that last scene for some reason. Like when um, Jeremy Renner comes into the hospital room and then he, when he hugs Ed Helms, it's the most like genuine, like sweet hug ever in a movie like this i think i've i've this is such a good use of jeremy renner i've never seen him so well used like i'm sick of hawkeye like hawkeye's kind of a dick but he was actually really it was really like using him he was really good in her locker yeah i have to be fair i haven't seen it um he really like they really used him at like the comedy actually stretches him yeah 
Yeah. But also he has this Peter Pan quality about him in this movie, like the never grow up and he's got those chubby well, that, cheeks that, and when yeah. he smiles he looks like 10 years younger well, than and that, he that, is. And that and tininess and the skinniness yeah. as well because I think he must be short as well yes. as everything else. So he's like he's small and impish. Yes, exactly. He's impish and he, yeah. when he like poses on top of things and yeah, stuff like yeah. that, it's that kind of Peter Pan type yeah. thing. Like he never grew up, you know. Um, that that is. It's a much better a use of Jeremy Renner than trying to make Jeremy Renner action hero. The way that like when he he did the Bourne film, he did. Point. It's like, the one with Oscar Isaac in it, so I've seen it. Yeah, um, he's fine. No, he's he's quite good. I mean, he's good at the physical action stuff. Yeah. Um, he's well, yeah. just he. I think he can get a little like complacent about trying to emote. Yeah, and he has to, has to work when for he's it doing in action one. movies. Yeah, this this movie also the comedy aspect like the comedy is the closest genre to horror thing came up in my head again because of the way especially like the chases and some of the suspense that got built in the way they chase each other and the um what's a jump scare in a horror movie is like a jump hilarious like a jump bit of hilariousness in a in a um, comedy they're both all about timing yeah it's fantastic it was really interesting um parallel like if you're a horror person watching this you see all the parallels and comedy is another one where you can make an amazing comedy on no money as mm. long as you have good jokes good timing yeah um and can like and you know how to put a story together yeah, yeah. but comedy is also about this kind of nebulous missing identity um, not what was i gonna say nebulous missing um i can't remember the word that i'm trying to find but like there is an element to it that is you have to have it come out at the right time and the jokes have to kind of fit into the yeah. the um, zeitgeist yeah, like more than other things. Yeah, and and more than other things, it's they – comedy doesn't always age well because of that. That is very true because what is appropriate for jokes at one point isn't going mm. to be at another point. I yeah. Mean, one of my favourite comedies of all time is Some Like It Hot, but like – there's a lot no of no way you could do that now. No, there's no way you could do that now, and there's a lot of kind of. Actually, it's... we reviewed that early in the podcast, and I think mores have changed since from then. Th- since then, since we reviewed that film five years ago. Yeah, and there's a lot of kind of oh, making fun of you know men in dresses and mm. like trans sort of stuff. Again, like some like it hot kind of bends a lot of the rules even for now. Yeah, and around it's, and those it's, things, I think yeah, and it's subver- subversive enough to still hold up pretty well but it's certainly there's no way that you can make it that way not again but i think also watching it for the time even for now like there are moments that are so subversive that like the ending for example is extremely subversive exactly like that that gender does not matter at all to this person Mm. (laughs) is really surprising you know and really subversive um but it's interesting anyway yeah (laughs) we went off topic so tag yeah, it's it's hard not to go off topic when we do comedies because there's, well, there's just not so, that much as we've no. said before. Well, we did, we talked quite a bit about this one, um, and and that sort of side side stuff, but and, and also comedy, a bit like I mean, it, it always helps no matter what the movie to know your movie history. But comedy is one where you build on history and you build on what's come before you. Jake Johnson's hair is really terrible in this movie. Like it's I was watching, icky, looking at it it's in like, the wedding, and it's like just sticking out everywhere, and you're like, D- you couldn't brush it for the wedding. <laughs> yeah, like I was just like, wow, that was really terrible. Mm. It was the thing I noticed. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. It seems like they put a lot of effort into some things, and maybe not so much other things. Yeah, 
Um, I think so. Because um, some of the, like, some of the costuming was really great and then some of it, like, the, the journalists wearing the same thing. But other other times it was just, like, lazy. He Yeah, well, he deliberately doesn't want to pack a toothbrush and then suddenly he's got all he needs to borrow from John Hamm is a tie mm. when they get to the wedding. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. That that is, although they did go back to their hometown, maybe he's got clothes at his oh right, yeah, house or something. But yeah, he's yeah. sleeping on the floor of right. It's, of it's like the journal, so. the journalist you could reasonably assume might get in a car and get somewhere and like maybe buy a new set of clothes and a toothbrush, but he you can't see him doing that. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I'm like, I, I, I. Oh, that's another thing that I really laughed hard at was when he was um. They're in the basement and he's like, I don't want to leave. I, we have everything we need right here. Opens the fridge and he's like, oh, we're out of here. Let's go. Yeah. It was funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, we didn't talk about that um, they were the they were mean to a character. Oh, Lou. I didn't like – they were really mean to Lou and I didn't think Lou was that bad. Like sometimes the person that they're all mean to is like Jesse Plemons in Game Night and he's they're creepy and you kind of understand. Lou is just like a little over-enthusiastic and a little lonely. And stuck in their hometown. Yeah, like he's was... not a terrible person. He's just someone like he's only slightly annoying. And if they were just like a smidge nicer to him, like it, I just feel like there's no reason for them to be mean to him. No, and I feel like if he been... and it it feels like punching down as well because yeah. he's stuck in their hometown working behind the bar. I feel like they should have included him in the game at the end because yeah. a big thing with him was and a big thing with Isla Fisher as well was they can't include them in the game because they made the rules of the game when they were little. And the rules of the game are only these people can play, yeah. no girls are allowed, like all these other things. Yeah. And they have this rule book and it's got all these amendments and they yeah. like bylaws and bylaws it. and it's really like strict, right? Yeah. So that was a whole thing. But then at the end of the game they changed a lot of those rules. They let the girl that girls play. They let girls play and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think it would have been nice if Lou had come to the hospital to see Yeah, and him they tagged, and they him, tagged in. him in. Yeah. I, it would have been, been a been small a, thing, but it would have been nice because I mean, it, it is to show up that they are terrible people, I guess. It's Not part terrible. of... I think it's it's to show up that they are still those mean kids when yeah. they play this. And, and yeah, and you said to me afterwards, oh, sometimes with kids you can tell that there is one kid who is annoying to other yes. kids. And it's absolutely true, right? Yes. I, you know, I've, I've both been the annoying kid and I've seen it. And, and been annoyed by someone. Yeah, and yeah, been annoyed by someone. And I totally get that. But he's only very mildly annoying. And he's the kind of kid where like... Yeah. Yeah, they could but just... he's an adult now. Yeah, he may not have been. He may have been a really irritating child. Like, but what we see of Lou in this movie at this time in his life as a forty-something yeah, dude, and, and it is he is mildly annoying at most, and the annoyance is mostly around like he feels a bit lonely and left out from this group. And but the, it, it is also like a running joke as well. Like he yeah. plays it off like it's a joke quite often as well. I know. It's just it's one of those things. It's one of those comedy things that will always bug me. Like it will always bug me what they did to Jerry in Parks and Rec, even though they explain it, even though they're like, well, it's because Jerry has such a good life. And all. Yeah. I just, it, it never sits right with me. I know. And it's a, it is like, I, I think, I mean, it, I think they just should have, I, it would have been fine with me in the movie if they had closed that loop. Yeah. Yeah. If they had finished off that arc with him getting to play at the end yeah just so when they because they, the movie is about them like right. still embracing that childishness but also growing up right and and when you also look at it from that adult friendships perspective it's about embracing like some adult values of inclusion and, and sort of giving people a chance mm. to 
actually that that'll grow your adult friendship group that more people get involved in this this can be a bigger thing and that i think is only going to benefit them yeah and the bit at the end where they all play together is really fun and then yeah and then there's the credits where we see the real game and then there's the credits where we get to see the um parody of the yeah the crash test dummy song so funny yeah like, like this what i'm saying about so committed jeremy renner committing to this movie yeah. like he takes the lead on that song yeah but i've seen him do that before and when he was on snl he had that song about hawkeye yeah yeah it was funny so like he's, 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 he's very happy to send himself up and i think he is good at that i don't know to me jeremy renner just seems like kind of a stoner like yeah like he just is kind of detached from hollywood and detached from like yeah. So I think sometimes when he's in a movie that, and they hire him to do action stuff, that's why he's like that. He just yeah, he's kind yeah. of short. You, you have to kind of really he really does amp have a him farm up retconned in, doesn't he? Somewhere he yeah. just lives on his farm, smoking pot and yeah, cutting up wood. Seems like what he is like. That does. Um, and I also I know he used to, did he used to do makeup or he was a makeup artist. Yeah. yeah. So he seems like he's just chill. Yeah, he does. Um, and so. He's, yeah, not only is not... he a makeup artist, I actually learned something from that. I watched a video of him talking about right. makeup artist stuff. And then I was like, Frame your face. Fill your eyebrows in. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. It makes a difference. Frame your face. Fill your eyebrows in. Yeah. Um, it was, I, I remember that as well. Yeah. <laughs> not that I ever wear makeup, but yeah. So, I mean, he just seems like he's pretty chill yeah he does he does i don't i don't know anything and about it, rumors of sexuality uh it's i even hate to bring it up but it's just like the way he moved was very like he was like lithe and feminine moving and like and then it kind of snapped in my brain because clearly i spent far too much time reading gossip yeah i don't know I, it, but i think he's he's a bit like more like luke evans where it's kind of like a glass closet situation i don't think right. he's ever like he's just one of those people who's kind of private and has never actually come out but he's also like yeah he does seem- not um doesn't talk about it in his his personal life at all so it's not um yeah so that's and he sometimes of- says things that are definitely problematic because he just seems that oh, kind yeah. of detached he just doesn't care and he just he, doesn't care exactly but he also he's not media trained and doesn't yeah. really think about like he does, I don't think he's listening when the PRs give him a briefing on how what his lines yeah, should be. Exactly. Yeah. I think that is definitely the case with him. Yeah. Um, and he could think about things a little more, but I just don't think he cares. Anyway. Anyway. Um, rating. I will give this movie three stars. Mm. I think it's a three star movie. It's fine. Yeah. Likewise, three stars. Um, it's fun. It's good enough. And God knows we need big, broad, dumb comedies right now. So keep making them, please. <laughs> Right. Also, I think also the fact that they've, with the miscarriage thing, I was just thinking about it, and the fact that they brought up earlier that it could be a like fake pregnancy. Though, yeah. Yeah. Kind of. And when she, she's so over the top when it happens. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, this is fake. Right. It's definitely and fake. Also, like, miscarriages don't always hurt straight away, yeah. but there is almost always blood. blood. And she's yes, wearing exactly. white pants. Yeah. Um, so it's, I could be clearly fake, but I don't know. It just made me feel so uncomfortable i think i just i know too many people who yeah, have miscarriages and it's t- it's hard to kind of detach yourself from that i can i honestly i can deal with cancer faking easier than i can deal with miscarriage faking because I, i'm detached from that a bit but i'm not detached from that and i'm just like it's ugh. yeah it's horrible yeah it's I awful think you're supposed to think she's yeah you know kind of a nutcase for doing it mm. like she's, she's just yeah, wrong for doing so it. far out it's of so, line. Yeah. yeah, but and they're all really angry about it. Like mm. They're genuinely like, "This is an awful thing to do." Mm. Um, which 
is fair. Yeah. Also, like, okay, you know how we talk about inappropriate humor and doing inappropriate humor really wrong? Yeah. I think this movie does it really right a few times with Jake Johnson where he says things that are just awful. Yeah. And because he doesn't, and then they're like, no. Well, Don't yeah, say like, that. like that when he says not... his wife is dead and she's like, they're just divorced. No, I, yeah, he's like dead to me. And then she's like, no, no, my husband is dead. And he's like, you're widowed. And she's like, you have to act like you're sad about this. I know you're not, but you have to pretend to be. Yeah. And that, stuff like that. And he does yeah. the same thing. Like, I don't think you really deserve a miscarriage, but like, because the, the sort of. Yeah. Like, I think that. Well, she actually does now deserve one for doing that. Absolutely. I don't think so. But yep. I think I think also that like, um, yeah, he, I, I, I enjoyed that because I feel like that's how you should do inappropriate humor because yeah. it's like everybody is like, stop doing this. And he just kind of word vomits it out because he's mad. Yeah. Is entertained yeah. or like because he's like, you know, lost in this haze of whatever. Yeah. Um, is, that was funny to me. I thought that worked quite well. I think that like. And it shows that you can still tell those kinds of jokes sometimes. Well, this is what I'm saying. I'm almost impressed with how well they did the miscarriage stuff because I was still laughing at it. And right. I like, and I was miscarriage like, of justice. That's oh. I mean, yeah. But even before that, I was like, it was so insane and so like, are they really going to do that kind of humor? That I, I, it was still funny. Yeah, exactly. And I just, but I also. Yeah, and then it obviously it also like all good comedy makes you feel uncomfortable, and uh, yeah, so it was just kind of yeah that that's the bit that stuck with me. Yeah, but I yeah I think the fact that they, I think the fact that within the movie mm. they will do that and they're like well, eh. although that does frustrate me when I won't go to see movies by what's his name who does um a similar thing where he tells a joke and then he goes you people in the audience are bad for laughing at that yeah what's that. Three Billboards guy. Oh, Martin Mill. Martin. Yeah, Thomas, yeah, yeah. Martin McDonough. McDonough. No. Yeah, yeah, I that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like it when he does it because it annoys me because I'm like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. No, but in this one, it's more like, like they're laughing at themselves as much as the audience. Like it's the, right. They yeah. So they they kind of the audience laughs at them because the audience the, the joke think, that the audience is in on is that the audience knows these guys are terrible people. Yeah, exactly. And so you kind of can laugh at them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I it always frustrates me in the Martin. Yeah, like the audience will will laugh in some places with a bit of like reservation, but they will, and they'll think, "Oh, I shouldn't laugh that. I'm a bit that's I'm a bad person if I laugh at that." But they also will laugh at these characters, and they're like, and know that they're not quite as bad as these people. Anyway. All right. Let's finish up. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like show notes or old episodes, you can find them on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you would like to find us on social media, we are at screen underscore queens on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.